Welcome to the House of Lee NYC. Come on in. Meet regular folks doing interesting things and get Lee's tips for resourceful living. Hi, I'm Lee. Thank you for stopping by. In today's episode, that's live to tape, we're going on location to the corner of 6th and 13th in Manhattan. There, I ran into Ingrid Green. She's the founder of The 90. It's a nonprofit promoting exposure for girls ages 10 through 14 to STEM skills through five-on-five girls' soccer games. Full disclosure here, I'm big into the playing of soccer. I'm not great at it, but if you listen in, you'll find out why I believe soccer is important during my talk with Ingrid. Quick background. I met Ingrid at a creativemornings.com lecture in February, and she agreed to share her take on making a difference in the world during the morning hustle and bustle of rush hour. Oh, and if you can make a Creative Mornings event, I would definitely recommend it. It's amazing. So as I've said, y'all, have microphone, we'll interview, no matter the locale. So let's go there now, to the corner of 6th and 13th, where Ingrid is about to explain what the 90 is for us. Ingrid, describe it for us. Sure. Basically, the 90 is about 30 girls in grade 6, 30 girls in grade 7, and 30 girls in grade 8 who are exposed to science, technology, engineering, and math-related industries, as well as getting really good at soccer. And what's the 90 represent in your nonprofit's name? The 90 is about the 90 girls, and it's also about soccer, which is a 90-minute game. Nice. So tell us, how did you go about creating a nonprofit? Man, it's been years of thinking and poking holes in an idea to design a program brief that fit the community and getting to know them and them getting to know me um, and just seeing an opportunity. I, I was introduced to this soccer field, $3 million soccer field in the middle of Watts, and no girls were playing. And I just thought, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and, and where is Watts for some of our listeners? Watts is a neighborhood of Los Angeles. So as I asked Ingrid about the 90, she started to share that one thing she needed to overcome was recognition for the program in the beginning and getting the word out. So she came up with an idea for a contest to gain traction. I just thought somebody should do something about this. What What is missing from this scenario, from this circumstance? And I found that the girls didn't really know what's out there for them. The term underserved community comes from not a lot of people know how to help there. And so for the very first um, activity that we did uh, to help the girls and the administrators at the schools know who we are was called Soccer Jersey Design Contest. People from LA Galaxy, LAFC, which are both MLS um, pro soccer franchises, as well as Tesla and Adidas and um, USC, they all came together to judge these uh, 305 entries that we had from girls in the fifth grade, and it was hard. It was amazing. It was cool. And so, in particular, there was one school that for some strange reason, I neglected to give the principal the outline of the shirt for the girls to draw on. Oh no! Right? And so they submitted something, but it wasn't anywhere near, right? So so this one girl drew something, I, I kid you not, looked like the American Cross logo. I was like, is this a turtleneck? What, what 
what is going on here? And so we, we visited with her. Uh, Maria Pinos is the designer from Adidas who flew down from Portland. She and I went and sat with the um, principal and we got them, we emailed them the, the outline. They did it again. And lo and behold, the girl who, who did the American Red Cross looking thing won from her school. And what she did was so colorful, it was so amazing. And this is what happens when you expose girls to what they can do. But they don't know and their parents don't know. And girls couldn't enter because parents didn't want to be found because the DACA has been repealed and all. it's like crazy, right? So the solutions that work for the community are different from other places. So I want, I hope that the 90 will go global. We're starting with Watts, that's it. Why soccer? Team sport is the missing ingredient because basketball can work too. I say, I said sorry because uh, soccer is, they have a $3 million soccer field that's brand new. They're ripping up the turf and putting in a new turf because they had difficulty with drainage so they will have a brand new field in a few months. As I listened to Ingrid, I became curious about the state of affairs of girls and soccer. So I reached out to U.S. Soccer. It's the governing body of soccer in the United States. And I also reached out to the Sports Fitness Industry Association. I found out that U.S. Soccer had a similar idea as Ingrid and in 2015 created the She Believes Initiative. It's a program to encourage young girls to go for their goals and not be afraid of being the best on or off the field. A spokeswoman for U.S. Soccer also shared that sports should be encouraged for all because there are studies that find confidence and resilience are boosted through sports. So then I wanted to know more about how many boys versus girls are actually playing soccer. And the SFIA, or Sports Fitness Industry Association, shared with me that there are more than twice as many males playing soccer as females in general. And I also found out that the West Coast and parts of the East Coast have some of the highest participation rates in the country. Here in the New York City area, we have two professional soccer teams, the NYC FC and the New York Red Bulls. According to their websites, they will both begin to offer girls soccer academies soon. Currently, both professional teams do offer regular camps and clinics to boys and girls. Be sure to check out the show notes for the web addresses later. So, but let's go back to soccer for a moment. What connection do you have with soccer, if any? Um, I played at the University of Waterloo, where I studied architecture. Um, I've also been vice president outdoors for my state association. I've also been a referee and a coach for U14s uh, that went to Arctic Winter Games. Uh, it makes sense that you played soccer. What position did you play? I played both striker and goalkeeper. Nice. So you're in shape and you've got good eyes. <laughs> well, you have to be crazy to be a goalkeeper. And I was like, oh, I want to try that. I'm not crazy. So anyway, um, the, the connection is, is this. I think that women leave STEM-related industry jobs because they're sick of dealing with awkward dudes. And once you break someone's leg or you slide tackle or somebody shoots at your head in the net or whatever, you're like, who cares? Like you, ha you are equipped within your skin to be comfortable within your skin in combative situations. And you're comfortable with conflict, physical and otherwise. This was missing from what I saw in Watts because very few Latino women are playing soccer, especially at that age. They are dissuaded from doing it by their older parents who don't know that if you are good at this game, you could get a college degree paid for. And they're like, oh my God, okay, what? what, what where are we signing her up? They don't know. 
And so I started to think, okay, exposure. Exposure to what the realities are out there that they don't know. Okay, so that's what they need. The other thing I love about soccer, and which I'm trying to instill in my own child, is that soccer is truly an international sport, and it only requires a ball. And if you don't have money, you can crumple up a paper bag, and immediately you have community. When you pull out that paper bag or that ball, then you've got friends and a community, right? Not only that, I'm friends with the goalkeeper of the U.S. National Deaf Soccer Women's Team. She cannot hear, and that's how deeply soccer can unite people uh, without even being able to hear the whistle, without being able to hear your teammates. You can still communicate, and that is an equipping that uh, I think will help these girls who explore STEM, so they go to NASA, they go to Tesla, they go to all these places that they didn't know existed that are right there, and then they're like, you know what, I feel comfortable. I'm gonna give this a try. I don't care that there are people who say I can't do it. I have opponents all the time. I deal with that. I didn't get the Johan Cruyff turn the first time I tried it. I kept trying it. I didn't cry. It's good. I'm over here standing here just like rooting her on. Oh my gosh. You're like a cheerleader. You're a motivator. So motivate those listening. How do they go about starting a nonprofit? You just got to do and you just got to care. It, empathy leads passion. And if you care about the problems that are out there, that are in your backyard, not the stuff that is all the way around the world, although it might be. And that's the thing that you'll find that is interesting is that every human probably has connections to the same problems. Nothing is new under the sun, right? So, so just care about what's going on in your backyard and how you can change it. And just do. So what do you say to people who want to start So we are on location on 6th Avenue and West 13th Street. We just met at a Creative Mornings conference and Scott Belsky was the guest speaker and he did mention empathy. Over passion. Empathy over passion. So what other tips do you have for people? First, you gotta care. Second, you gotta be alert enough in your own neighborhood that you're looking around and you don't just have your head down and you're not only caring about the people that you know, but, you, but you're looking around so you, you're seeing, you're caring and you're having empathy for people around you and then you just gotta do. You gotta do and, and, and it's great that my passion, my energy is infectious to other people and so there's a team in Los Angeles that cares about the 90 and that's important to the sustainability of a good idea. You can, I mean, once you're doing, you have to do something that, that works for people in that community. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. To reach Ingrid Green and to find out more about her nonprofit for girls called The 90, her Twitter handle is at the 90 underscore IG. Again, on Twitter, that's at the 90 underscore IG. I'll be sure to also include that in the show notes. And by the way, the SFIA just released a 2018 report on physical activity. That's while I was producing this episode. And the report finds that 28% of Americans are inactive. That's a really big number. It's like, wow. So maybe if you're thinking of a sports-related nonprofit organization idea, now is probably the time to take action. Don't wait. So that wraps up this episode of the House of Lee NYC. Thank you for stopping by. 
And if I've added something nice to your day, please write a review for me at Applecasts, otherwise known as iTunes, or better yet, subscribe. If you want to share a comment about today's show, or if you'd like to work with me to create your MP3 media package for yourself or your business, please give me a call at 212-655-9840, or you can drop me a line at lee at wleefm.com. The House of Lee NYC can be heard on Stitcher, Google Play, Applecasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast app. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.